Are we live, bitch? Welcome to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason. We spend time with top-performing professionals in their respective fields, chatting about anything from morning routines to creative processes and biohacks to healthy habits and travel destinations. We're lucky to have Abel James, number one best-selling author of The Wild Diet, podcast guru, and creator of The Fat-Burning Man Show. He's a top 10 app developer, musician, entrepreneur, and health crusader. Abel's work has been featured in Wired Magazine, Paleo Living, and various media outlets in business, technology, psychology, and health. Within its first year, Abel's Fat-Burning Man Show rose to the number one most popular health podcast in the United States and the United Kingdom and went on to top the charts in more than seven countries across the world. Our mission for you, our esteemed listeners, and the greatest people ever in the history is to demonstrate effective techniques of high performers to help you achieve results in your own life. Learning from productive and accomplished individuals gives the opportunity to break down the nuances of success and hopefully provide you with a new way to think about the world. Listen, take notes, and take action. Live Live better better and have have the the best best day day ever. ever. Well, we hammed it. We hammed it. Today's show is brought to you by Cure Skincare for your skin, for the planet. Personally, with the goal of living forever... I love the anti-aging Argan Stem Cell plus Corella Growth Factor Night Cream and the Organic Balancing Rose plus Red Tea Facial Toner. I really like the Volume Shampoo and Conditioner along with the Cell Stimulating Body Wash. Great combo. Look good, feel good, live better. Today's show is also brought to you courtesy of Go Raw. We all snack, so let's do it with all organic, non-GMO, vegan, nut-free, gluten-free, sprouted, and raw snacks. Junk-free food by GoRaw is a perfect midday, pre, or post-workout snack. Have a sweet tooth? Go with their sprouted cookies, raw chocolate, or sweet spirulina bites. Savory lovers? Check out their flax snacks or salad bowls. Every choice is a good choice with GoRaw. Healthy snacking, living better. Hey, Abel. Uh, thanks so much for, for taking your time today to hop on the, the Live Better podcast with Jason and I. We're super excited to learn about what you're doing uh, in, the, in the world of health and fitness. Um, so thanks so much for being here today. Well, Brett and Jason, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so can you just start out by uh, kind of a, a larger question, but telling us a little bit about what you do um, and then the career path that got you to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So these days, uh, a lot of people in health and wellness know me as Fat Burning Man, which is the ridiculously <laughs> named uh, title of my podcast and, and my website, my blog that I started up a few years ago. And uh, what I try to do is basically get beyond the hype and the marketing spin in the world of health and, and help people get to some sort of consensus, uh, experts and lay people alike, about what actually is healthy and what. Uh, more importantly, how we can integrate that into our own lives and our own habits and lifestyles. Because I, I think the biggest problem that most people have is that there's so much information and misinformation out there. And even if someone knows all the biochemical pathways about <laughs> you know, eating particular foods mm-hmm. or what one particular type of exercise does in their body, that's not really the biggest problem for most people. The biggest problem is actually doing it. So I try to focus on making it easy and simple and straightforward for people to actually make these changes in their lives. Got it. So then, you, your, your big, your big uh, book and kind of concept is uh, the wild diet, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Can you just give us like a wild diet 101 course? <laughs> wild diet 101. I love it. Yeah, so it's, it's quite simple. It's, uh, it's about 
focusing on food quality more than food quantity or, or lack of food quantity, I guess I should say. And the wild diet is, uh, is basically loads of veg- vegetables, especially the kinds that grow above the ground. So leafy greens are the bee's knees and uh, lots of other colorful uh, veggies and some fruits in there as well. You want to get a lot of diversity in your diet, uh, which, which models going back to the way that humans used to eat, everything was um, by definition organic and fresh and, and colorful. And we were eating lots of different varieties of especially plant foods. So uh, about three quarters of, of the way that I eat and the diet that I recommend is plant foods. And then you um, also eat quite a bit of fat. That's where you're getting most of your food energy from. And so healthy fats uh, are the ones that I'm talking about are, are generally avocado, uh, coconut, and then pasture-raised animal fats from, uh, from healthy animals. So it could be beef, uh, chicken, pork, duck, wild game. All those things are, are awesome as well as fish. So uh, pretty simply, it's loads of veggies on your plate. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a really tasty protein, uh, which could be meat. It could be anything from bacon to ribs to steak to uh, wild fish, and then you cover that up with loads of fat. And it's a it's a pretty rocking way to live. <laughs> yeah, sounds amazing. I saw I saw an awesome shirt you were wearing that said uh, 83 percent paleo, and under it was like <laughs> cigars and scotch or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I'm also. Uh, Musician, and for a long time I was paid in booze. So, uh, <laughs> I'm a fan change, of, yeah. of a good vice every once in a while, and I think that it's just you know that's a tongue-in-cheek way of saying that we can be happy and healthy at the same time, yeah. and that's something that I really I try to be an example of because when I got into this, uh, you know, f- about four years ago when I started Fat Burning Man, a lot of the stuff that you saw on TV, traditional media, you know, like the biggest loser, Jillian Michaels had the biggest podcast. And I'm like, that's BS. We have to take her down because that's all about, you know, deprivation and forcing yourself to do something as opposed to letting it kind of come out of you naturally and, and enjoy it. And if you want to succeed, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. That, that speaks to sustainability. And that's one thing that Jason and I, with, with our personal clients that we help train, always Mm -hmm. preach that sustainable diet it's not about you know cut your carbs now so that you look good for a week it's let's create something so when you're 60 70 80 years old you feel just like you did when you were 20 years old exactly that's what it's all about so when you um, have developed this this wild diet and the fat burning man and all these great successes what's been your career path um, to get to this point (laughs) i've been all over the place like i said um (laughs) If you go back to when I was six years old, I was the pudgy kid playing clarinet in the local diner, and I've come a long way since. (laughs) (laughs) After college, uh, to pay off my loans, I worked in consulting, which was really interesting because I got to work with all sorts of different companies, but some of them were in uh, food manufacturing and food marketing, some of the biggest companies you've ever heard of, uh, which I can't really repeat (laughs) for (laughs) various reasons, but uh, I got to see the way that uh, these in industries that the the food industry operates, which really has nothing to do with food. Uh, It has a lot to do with marketing and margins uh, and and very little to do with the health of the people who are on the other other end of that. So that kind of gave me a weird and unique perspective on what it means to be healthy because uh, at the same time, I was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid 
of, okay, I, I, for the first time in my life, I have great insurance. I grew up, you know, without really any money. And so, um, having this insurance, I wanted to take advantage of it and really take control of my health. So I went to the best doctor I could find in DC and, uh, every week I went in and I peed in a cup, got my blood drawn and listened to his advice. And basically he, he said, eat less, exercise more to avoid the problems that are in your genetics, that are in your family history, which are, you know, thyroid problems, putting on weight as you age, really typical things, um, high triglycerides, blood pressure, stuff like that. And so in following that advice, even though I was in my early twenties, I, Every time I went in, I was a little bit sicker and my numbers were a little bit worse. And that was the first time that I'd ever really thought about diet that way, like dieting diet, right? Like keeping uh, fat really, really low within the diet and keeping cholesterol to almost zero. And what that necessitates is you're eating a lot of carbs. You're eating a lot of things that come out of boxes that are measured for you and that have some sort of numerical value on the side of the package. And so eating that way made me fat and sick (laughs) in my early 20s. And I wanted to turn that around. I I felt like I kind of got burned. And that's why I started up uh, Fat Burning Man after I just completely turned that diet on its head. You know, the conventional wisdom, what is healthy calorie counting, low fat crap. (laughs) And started eating loads of really fatty food, really fresh foods that come naturally from the earth and lost 20 pounds in just over a month. And basically went back to you know, a young buck in his prime, what you should look like. I think the, the, I I don't think I'm special or anything like that. And I, what I, what I want is for most people to realize that if you're young and you're fit and you're athletic, you can look and feel awesome if you're eating the right way. And so, uh, so I, I think you guys kind of do a similar thing and it's, Mm -hmm. it's really important to focus on the positive side all of this because you can get wrapped up in the details for sure yeah yeah i feel like that's that just gets detrimental if you're micromanaging every day right that's a tough tough way to go about it losing 20 losing 20 pounds in just over a month is pretty uh pretty impressive it's impressive i think the biggest reason it happened though is because i was just following an idiotic diet the one that most people are following yeah. is crazy when you look at biochemistry when you look at the way your body works and i think uh, a lot of people a lot of people assume that you can't lose that amount of weight in in a certain time or whatever but the truth is if you're following a diet that uh is is wrong for you and you're following it really really well <laughs> <laughs> and then you just switch to following something that actually works, you know, and, and is proven by by good science, not fake science from the, the 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> um, then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's pretty easy to turn your health around and and lose a lot of weight um, or even build muscle or, or do pretty much anything to manipulate your body um, in a conscious way. One of the things that I found that <laughs> I think made some of this possible is that my older brother, uh, when he was in his late, I think it was his, yeah, late teens, he watched Pumping Iron for the first time, that Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, classic right? And, uh, you know, he was this, like, I think it was 150 pounds. He's a little taller than me, so almost six feet tall. And he was a string bean. And he went from that to over 200 pounds of chiseled, monstrous muscle in just, like, six months. And when I saw that transformation... I was just shell shocked, you know, at, at the idea that someone could actually do that 
to their body so quickly. And so, um, you know, when you look at fitness modeling or athletics or health or really rapid weight loss, some people do seem to have a lot of control over how much fat their, their body carries, how much muscle you have as well. And I think that if you're following the right advice, that's something that all of us can kind of tweak to our own, uh, to our own fancy. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You take the training wheels off and your body will adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you, when you lost that weight, um, or consequently when your brother put on that weight, um, how quickly did you start to see tangible results in your, in your composition outside of just feeling better? Which I'm sure happened oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. It was it was crazy. It was like I went from being, uh, I guess, what the typical man in his 30s to 40s looks like. You know, with with a soft belly and kind the of a puffy bod. face. The dad bod. What's that? The dad bod. The dad bod. Exactly. Yeah, it's got a name now. So <laughs> I went from that to uh, Wolverine, pretty <laughs> pretty much. Let the claws and come out. There you go. Yeah, in just a few weeks, it was incredible. I. I you know, I was mad. That's actually one of the biggest reasons that I started Fat Burning Man because I had actually been blogging for a long time. Um, except since I had worked with the food industry, I did it anonymously, and so it was called Honest Abe's Tips. And, <laughs> uh, so I'd been blogging kind of under the radar for a while, and then when I lost all that weight, and when I got into this, the best shape of my life, I'd always been athletic and you know had a fair amount of muscle, but I was. I realized that I could get shredded if I wanted to, and, yeah. and um, seeing how easy and straightforward that was made me so annoyed because I was following the wrong diet so hard you know, <laughs> and so well that yeah. it was making me sick, and yeah. and you know could be especially over the course of time causing really long term damage. And I I figured you know there are a lot of people who are trying to be healthy just like me following the wrong advice. So we need, we need to kind of like change this game. We need to get out there and say that there's a different way of doing this. And, and most of the things you're told by the running magazines, you know, that I was reading, the, uh, the doctors, the traditional media, they're telling you the wrong stuff. And so I just wanted to get out there, you know, took my shirt off, became fat burning man, my alter ego on the internet and tried to, um, come to, like I was saying before, that consensus about, what is the real way to do this? Because most of the stuff you read in magazines and, and from the media is not. Yeah, and, and the other thing that you, you mentioned that's an interesting perspective, we talk about body image so much as being what we see on the outside, but nobody yeah. pays attention to the internal effects of this. Like we're, we're talking about body composition in the short term. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get ready for something or trying to get ready for this show or or you want to look good on the beach, but then what does what does the inside of your body look like? I think a, a healthy body image should should uh, reflect what you look like on the inside just as much as it does on the outside. Oh, totally. And that's that's getting to my real cup of tea. There, <laughs> what I really like talking about is the more philosophical side of all of this because I, you know, a lot of people get into fitness and and health for the wrong reason. I'm using air quotes when I talk about health because if, <laughs> if you get down to, you know, three to 6% body fat, a lot of people don't realize that once you get there, you don't stay there. Yeah. And for the rest of your life, you're going to be fatter than that. 
And that yeah. is is a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. I'm not trying to be facetious or whatever. It's just, you know, the whole fitness modeling world. And, and I've met a lot of people, a lot of our, our friends after, you know, working in health for a while. Um, but man, is it nasty to, to your own psychology. So a lot of people, uh, even after, after they do lose all that weight or whatever, say they want to look good on, uh, on stage or, or on the beach, their, uh, their mind isn't in the same spot. Like it, it's kind of lagging behind where they're at. And so a lot of people think that they'll be happy once they arrive, you know, once you get that perfect body in air quotes, once again, and, uh, really nothing could be further from the truth. You need to cultivate a new personality almost to match, um, the body, especially if you make a a big transformation. I've had a, a few shows about that where people, you know, um, there was a, his name was Joshua and he lost in his teens, like a hundred pounds. And so he went from being this ignored kid who everyone made fun of to, um, being pretty cool. And he didn't like the difference in the way that people treated him. And there are lots of examples of that. Uh, and and so, yeah, I, I mean, you really need to focus on your brain more than anything else. That's what true health is. And then your body becomes a reflection of your lifestyle. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's funny how many conversations I've had where somebody asked me, you know, how can I get abs like Brad Pitt and Fight Club? And I'm like, he probably looked like that for about three days maximum. Right. Getting down to that level of body fat is not sustainable. And you thinking that you can look like that for a full year round really messes with your psyche. Yeah, and he doesn't look like that now. No, no. And you can still look amazing. Right. For all all year round, you don't you don't even if you're a non competition bodybuilder, it's possible yeah. to sustain a, a low body fat percentage. But you don't want to get to, I mean, you don't want to be sitting at five or six all year round. No, and and what they don't tell you is that the better your abs look, the less you want to have sex, and <laughs> the less you want to do anything yeah. really, right? Like, and the less you can do anything, you can't go out and binge drink with all of your buddies or whatever if yeah. you're leaning down for a competition. You can't go out and eat whatever you want. There are lifestyle taxes to all of this. And then on top of all of that, you know, it's total BS the way that most people look on the front of magazines or on their own websites <laughs> or on their own BS. books or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So losing, losing 20 pounds in 40 days is amazing. Um, besides <laughs> that, what would you say has been the coolest or most impactful experience that you've had doing what you do? It could be on yourself or it could be with somebody else. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I, I try to take this meta, right? I grew up in the middle of the, the woods and now I'm back to the middle of the woods. <laughs> it's kind of this incredible hero's journey or whatever. Uh, and I went up on stage at the at Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Conference um, a few months ago, last year now, I guess. And I just... <laughs> I got up there and talked about how a lot of this this biohacking stuff or whatever misses the point completely because what you want to do is get more in touch with what it means to be human, what it means to be, in essence, a wild animal. You know, there are so many things that are within us uh, that give us power in this world. Whether it's you know getting through a workout or going out running or just kind of calibrating your brain to the natural world when everyone knows you know. You love going to the beach or you love going out to the mountains or whatever because it kind of puts you into this zen 
state. And uh, after I just kind of rambled on on stage about that, giving my rants about how we should all, you know, kind of give up on the work harder all the time, tame the body, you know, trick the body type mindset and, and try to embrace the more natural way of living. Some, some guy who was overweight came up to me afterwards and his eyes were just like wide open. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to change my life and what I'm going to go to try Try to find God in the woods. Wow. <laughs> he was like, totally honest. And I was like, wow, yeah. you were really listening. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and, and so that's what I mean. Like, it goes so far beyond food. And, and it doesn't matter what you believe. Like, I'm not really talking about spiritual yeah. hippy dippy stuff as much as I am. You know, like, we need to embrace the freedom that almost none of us enact in our own lives and take advantage of, you know, like going on those trips or taking that vacation or just, you know, taking a few minutes to go be out in the sun for your workout instead of chaining yourself to a treadmill. And, that, and that's where I want people to go. Like there's a, there's a positive way of doing all this. Yeah. That's a, that's a very cool, uh, holistic perspective. I think wrapping in the mind and the body is a super important concept that I think a lot of people on either side of the fitness and nutrition table miss. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So and it's easy to miss. It is. It is. So speaking of, of getting into a, a, uh, Zen mindset, what, and Dave Asprey, what is your relationship with coffee? Cause I'm a huge fan of his Bulletproof and I actually yep. also add a, uh, secret superfood mix from David Wolf to it. Um, oh, nice. But I know, uh, but I know caffeine can have some, some metabolic side effects, especially for weight loss. You know, there's, there's opposite sides of the coin, whether caffeine speeds it up or a good times to take it. When, when do you drink it and, and how much? Cause I know there's uh there's grass fed butter added to it, which I believe you're a proponent of, but yeah, maybe you yeah, can um, describe your, your relationship with coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. I'm drinking some right now, as a matter of fact, and I usually drink it with some sort of fat in it. I, I like heavy cream. I actually come from a family of dairy farmers, and so <laughs> we get some great raw milk out here. Um, and grass-fed butter is, is awesome, too. And adding things like MCTs, I've, I've tried adding bacon fat and lard and all sorts of crazy stuff to the coffee. But I think um, more than anything, it's about that ritual in the morning. Of, of something that you enjoy that is not a cruller or cereal or bagels or whatever, you know, it's, um, the, the coffee side of things is cool because it has a bunch of polyphenols in it and, and having a nutrient dense fat in the morning is great. Um, but there's nothing special about coffee per se, like tea could do the same thing or kind of like a fatty smoothie. Like you said, you know, a lot of the people coming from the vegan side of the things or the plant based side of things or the Dave, David Wolf world, right? They might have like a fat shake in the morning and that works pretty well too. So caffeine is something that, that can, well, it affects everyone differently. So there is no silver bullet. Um, but I can say that I personally really enjoy coffee and, um, I, I actually roast my own beans at home and I've been doing that for years. And, and so I've, it's one of those little little hobbies that I've developed because it's so much fun to get into this stuff. You know, like for some people it's wine, other people get into certain types of food right now. I'm kind of into coffee and I have been for a while. So it's fun. It's fun to create something at home 
as well. Bulletproof is good. Dave's a, uh, a very good friend of mine. We kind of came up together in a lot of ways. And so I know him too well in a lot of cases, but he's great and his coffee's good too. But um, for people who are just looking to get started with this, there's a huge difference between having, you know, four cups of coffee that yeah, are loaded yeah. with butter in the morning <laughs> and loaded with caffeine compared to just having, you know, like a bit of coffee with some fat and then going and doing your workout and, and being satisfied there. So I, I've seen a lot of people trip up at the beginning by saying, why am I gaining weight? <laughs> it's just like, because you're drinking 2,000 calories <laughs> in an hour every morning. Triple so, frappuccino, orange mocha, yeah. sugar right. added in there. Yeah, exactly. well, that's the thing, right? Because people started, they're just like, oh, fat is good in my coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it sweet, so I'm going to put a bunch of maple syrup in it. And that's yeah. essentially you're drinking a donut. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so Jason and I right now are both enjoying a, a fresh cup of Bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> I have awesome. a little bit of MCT, some turmeric, um, some cinnamon in there as well. And, and um, I, I, I enjoy a, a cup of coffee about once once every couple of weeks. Um, Jason's a pretty pretty regular. I like you were saying in the morning um, have my own little concoction. It's a more on the David Wolf side, um, yeah. But it includes some cacao, some shaga tea. I put a little bit of nice. uh, either grass fed butter or coconut oil in there, um, and that that's kind of one of my staples. Is that's what I'm doing in my morning routine. So you mentioned. Uh, Coffee is something that is embedded in, in your way of waking up. Can you dive into, let's say, the first hour of your day on average? What's your morning routine look like? How do you get ready for the day? And how does nutrition as well as planning and, and everything else that goes into that set you up for, for that successful day? That's a, a great question because uh, I think it's that's where you find most of the meat, right? That's where you find most of the good stuff and what separates people who are succeeding from from those who aren't. And so I, I've seen that in the people around me, the ones who are really walking the walk have an awesome morning routine. So I wake up in the morning. Usually the first thing I do is uh, say, I love you to my wife, which is just like a very small but important thing. Cause you kind of, you start off on a good note. And uh, what time just, are you waking up? Uh, this morning I woke up at six thirty. Okay. but yeah, I'd say around like, between six and eight, it okay. depends on where we're at and which time zone or whatever. But I like I like waking up relatively early. Uh, you get a good start on the day, Great. and so um, then I usually do a uh, a big glass of water. I just chug a huge glass of water. I might take some of my supplements. Then I'm a big fan of adaptogens, so a lot of times. I'll be taking uh, some combination of holy basil, ashwagandha, yep. rhodiola is one of my favorites, yep. uh, or, or a few others. Uh, let's see, D, D vitamins I'll usually take in the morning too, and there are a few other ones that I like to take for health. So I have big glass of water, vitamins, and then I go pretty much straight to doing qigong, and I do that for about uh, 15 minutes, which is basically like tai chi or yoga. Uh, so I'll do that, and then I'll meditate for another about 15 minutes. Then I'll read uh, the I Ching and <laughs> do Tarot, nice. which I enjoy as well. Uh, and then I'll write in my journal, my notebook, kind of plan out the day just for a few minutes yep. to, to try to get a step ahead of everything that's going on. And um, somewhere in there, I'll also do some sort of quick exercise, generally speaking. So... 
when I broke my foot last year, I became a huge fan of micro exercising, which is basically getting your blood pumping or doing some sort of strength exercise for just a few minutes yeah. in the morning uh, to make sure that you're doing it pretty much every day. And so this morning, I just went for a jog with the dog and did some handstand push-ups. And tomorrow, it might be like 30, two sets of 30 pull-ups. Um, sometimes I'll do a, a quick exercise. I call <laughs> my workout, the one that I really like, is, is similar to Tabatas or, or high-intensity intervals. And I call it the wild workout where I'm just going uh, 10 sets of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest. Yep. And a lot of times I'll do burpees or hill sprints. Nice. So that will be one of the days. And then I'll do like a strength day, one, one to two days out of the week. But um, I'm doing it all at my house. We live out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, kettlebells are free weights. And, yeah, I, I think that pretty much fills up the hour. Yeah. So no um, checking the phone, social media. Do you kind of take that into the after that hour? I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. Uh, no, I um I don't check my phone or email usually until the second half of the day. Wow. Um, which which definitely takes some amount of of planning yes. and getting all all the people around you getting their expectations in line. Yeah. With the way that you work, but you know, I heaven a, a lot of the work that I do is based upon writing yes. and writing without any sort of in interruptions is the best way for me to write. And so I usually reserve the mornings for that, that important writing that I need to get through that day. And a lot of times, you know, the problem is when you're writing a book and when you're writing something big, there's no real way to define how much you're getting done. And so yeah. sometimes even if you're doing a lot of work, you feel like you got nowhere. But the important thing, um, I, I used to teach music to, to kids and adults alike, what the kids were really good at is getting better. Not because they were kids, but because they usually played a little bit every day. Yeah. And the adults would be like, oh, I'm better than this. I'm just going to play on the weekend and get better that way. And they never do. Because when you just kind of do it every once in a while, even if it's in a big blast, you're not really going to get results. But if you're doing a little bit every day, even yeah. if you feel like you're not doing something, you're, you're getting some sort of progress going. So yeah, that's a great point. Stay away from technology, especially the blooping and bleeping kind in, yeah. in the early parts of the day. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. It's funny. You were talking about handstands and kind of a, a fitness concept that I like that's intermittent training. And, uh, I, I know Brett has too. We've been working on our, uh, our freestanding handstands a lot. And yep. I just made the most progress. Once you consistently try it, multiple times per day. I know a lot of people have actually done this with exercises like pull-ups, where if mm -hmm. you just put a pull-up bar like above your bedroom door and every yeah. time you walk through it, you do five, it right. is truly incredible the strength gain you get from doing that. And I know just from, from handstands, doing handstands every time you get in an elevator, <laughs> the door guys are probably always laughing at me, but um, it really, really works, and I think that just speaks to to building a habit and routine, just like what you were talking about with your morning. And it really takes some mental aptitude to not check your phone. You know, oh, you yeah. have emails, and that is a that's tough, but a but an awesome practice. 
it turns your brain into scrambled eggs every time <laughs> you check your email. Seriously, like go check your email and then try to do anything after yeah. that for the rest of the day. You're toast. Yeah, so speaking of, of scrambled eggs, what would be one dietary recommendation you would make for someone who is um, overweight and just cannot seem to make progress? So they've, they've tried the diets, they've tried um, everything out there from the, from the magazines that they read. What would be like the Kickstarter? You know, do this one thing, try it out, and, and this will evolve into the, into the plan. Uh, health experts disagree about almost everything yes. except for the fact that we should all be eating more veggies, especially 100%. the green leafy kind. So instead of telling people to stop doing something or start doing some crazy diet or whatever, uh, one, of the, one of the things that my wife and I do almost literally every day, even if we're traveling, is have a green smoothie. Uh, which is basically front-loading a huge salad for yourself every single day. And what that does, if you have that, uh, and I'll I'll tell you how we make it in just a second, if you do that, it it fills you up in so many different ways because you're hydrating, you're getting tons of fiber, you're getting all sorts of different nutrients across the spectrum. Uh, It's going to automatically push out that, you know, whether it's in the afternoon, you want a, a, a bagel or something sugary or whatever, or some sort of snack, it, it might push that out, or it might push out that late night binge where you just order a pizza, or you know, you just kind of fall apart because yeah. you're relying on willpower and you're hungry and and you're weaker at the end of the day. Uh-huh. It pushes that stuff out. You don't need that anymore because you have so much energy that's coming from uh, these slow burning, the right kind of carbs that are in something like a green smoothie, or you can just have a big salad. It doesn't really matter. You don't need a fancy blender. Um, but the way that we do it is not with a lot of fruit. So a, a lot of people, you know, if you go buy a smoothie or something like that, it's crazy the amount of sugar that they yeah. put in there. And so we try to keep it pretty low. We're not necessarily keto or, yeah. or ketogenic all the time, but we're definitely way lower carb or, or I should say way lower sugar, sugar. than, than most people. Uh, so loads of veggies, if they're green, they're pretty much good. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> arugula. Was, throw them all in be, there. Yeah, throw them all in there. Some will be spicy. They'll t- some will taste weirder than others, but just get them in there. Kale, spinach are always good to go with. Yeah. Um, well, uh, cucumbers are one of my favorites. Celery, you can put that in there too. Avocado is great because it gives it that that wonderful fatty mouth feel yeah. and fills you up a little bit more. Coconut, throw some nuts in there if you want to. Maybe a handful of berries. That's pretty much the most we'll do with with fruit, or maybe like a little bit of green apple or something. But yeah. we stay away from tropical fruits. And then you can we like putting things like chia in there for omegas and uh, some extra fiber, maybe some flax or whatever. You can have a lot of fun with it, oh, yeah. but really, it's it's about getting into the habit of having it every day yes. because it's going to push out almost any bad habit you have. <laughs> yeah. So I have the. I have a very similar morning routine to what you're saying, which is very interesting. Start off with a very similar drink, and then um, I'm switching up my my superfood smoothie every single morning, but always got that base of greens in there. Always have a fat source in there to drive it to the cell level. Um, And what's what's interesting is I I recommend that exact same start to the day to everyone that asks me what to do. But what you're doing and and what's great is you've developed um, a lot of advice through the internet. What would you say is maybe your one biggest fear or um, misunderstanding that people might take from just reading something you put out on the internet? And how do you make sure that 
if if someone is just going to Google the fat burning man and take the first <laughs> bit of advice that they're doing it in a way that's going to work and be effective. Um, yeah. How do you kind of mentor that over through that this this channel of communication that's just becoming how we communicate these days? Oh my god, the inter- I love the internet. Obviously, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do anything without it. But the internet sucks. <laughs> because, like, for example, I wrote this article, and I even have a section in my book about it. I mean, it's not supposed to be crazy or manic or over the edge, but basically, I say how. I explained the story of how one of my buddies in college lost 25 pounds in a month, not by doing anything crazy, but basically just taking out the liquid calories. He was able to, without changing his diet or really changing the way that he exercised, because he was on the crew team and had to get down to that weight. He stopped drinking beer. He stopped drinking milk. He stopped drinking soda. He stopped drinking any liquid calories. And so he would still hang out with us, but he'd be drinking water or yep. whatever. And so the, you know, the article is written as a blog for the internet, which means that you can't tell a, a whole long, well-balanced, you know, yeah. academic type discussion. Usually that doesn't work well in a blog post. So it's kind of punchy and it's fun or whatever. Yeah. And then I get, you know, at this point it's getting some, some SEO traffic, some search traffic from Google. And so people are coming in, they're just like, well, so you're saying that I can't eat food for a month and I should just drink water? And I'm like, no, you need, you need to eat food too. Yeah. And then, you know, some other people will come in and they'll be like hating on the, the blog post or hating on me because they're thinking that I'm telling people to not eat food for a month and that's a way to lose 25 pounds. And they're just like, well, I need to lose 40 pounds in a month. So should I exercise and not eat food? And I'm like, no. Oh, gosh. So, you know, it's, it's really easy for the internet to get ahead yeah. of itself. Yeah, and, pull um, out one quote. And that's on, on one, yeah, on one quote that's completely taken out of context. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the problems with, you know, the, Twitter. I love Twitter as well, but it's like you, people are asking me for medical advice on Twitter in 140 characters, <laughs> <Come on laughs> which, I, you know, you can't respond to that. Even a doctor can't respond to that, um, not, not in a well-balanced way or well-thought-through way. Uh, so I think it's really important to put out a, a large body of work where you yeah. can have a longer conversation about all this stuff like we're having right now. And hopefully people who want the whole story will go find it there because it's, uh, yeah, the internet is so fragmented. It's so hyped up. And, you know, to be honest, to succeed online and to get people's attention, you kind of need to fight fire with fire. Yep. You know, the, the way that I see it is, uh, you know, some of my stuff is, is certainly relatively hypey. Almost anyone who's on the internet has to be because you're going up against this hype machine, <laughs> you know, that basically you have people who are going on the internet to try to get healthy. This is the way that I see it. Uh-huh. And they're being intercepted by marketers spreading propaganda, kind of like getting in front of the actual information and intercepting it and giving them crap or selling them crap or some supplement or fat blasting pill or whatever. And what people who are doing the right thing, like, like you guys need to do is somehow force those people out of the equation before they get to the people who are searching for the right information. And so there are different ways to do that. The internet is changing all the time, but it's not a perfect place. It's always a fun challenge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you've done all these awesome things from multimedia to self-experimentation to 
a lot of coaching through your blog and teachings. What do you consider yourself best at or most successful at? I guess those might be two different pieces, but they might be the same. I think I've always kind of seen this as I need to be a positive example for people. And, uh, one of the, I like reading the responses to, to my podcast and my blog in a lot of cases, because they just say, I can tell that you're smiling almost all the time. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, uh, and I am, you know, especially when I'm behind a mic and it's important to really, instead of talking the talk or, or walking the walk or whatever, I've met so many people in the health field and some of them are the least healthy people I know and they don't follow their own diets. They don't follow their own advice or whatever. And I think just trying to, to basically pull back the curtain and be yourself and be positive at the same time is, is something that I've uh, kind of made a part of, of my identity and certainly my online identity. So that's important to me. To really put your game face on, you know, there's there's stuff at stake. Every time I need to remind myself that when I step behind a mic, that there are hundreds of thousands of people listening, yes. which is it, it's mind blowing and it's a huge responsibility. And a lot of people don't take it that seriously. A lot of people at the top are just selling things, and I've met way too many of them. So yeah. I, I try to just be that positive example, of being like, we are having our green smoothie every day, and I hope you are too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's and that's awesome. Being able to stand behind what you say is pretty cool. And I, my next question, kind of ties into that. That you've you've really put your own story out there. You've revealed yourself. Um, you've made a lot of your personal struggle and personal success public, which I feel like is most people's biggest fear. Um, yeah. So, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? And this could could have had a positive or negative result. <laughs> I've taken quite a few. It's become a, a pattern over the years. And uh, I would say one big one that was that was public was when I, I had that job in consulting and they're just like, you know, you're an all-star. I was a top performer in the top 10% of the firm or whatever. And I was going to be a, a VP by 26 and all this stuff, you know, all this money, all this giving speeches and, and stuff like that. But when I looked at the people who had been doing that for a while, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I like the way that this is going to be playing out. Yeah. So, uh, basically the reason that I got into it, well, the reason I got into the rat race is because I took on uh, student loans to pay my way through Dartmouth and I wanted to pay them off as quickly as possible so that I could actually go see the world and experience what it's like to have freedom. And, and what that meant to me was uh, <laughs> to basically I paid off all my loans as quickly as I could. I bought an old Mercedes diesel, 1985, and drove it around the country for months on veggie oil. <laughs> and everyone thought that I was absolutely out of my mind crazy to quit you know, this promising rat racy job and go be broke happily for the first time in my life and, you know, visit Bryce Canyon or, you know, eventually I moved to Texas, but I lived in Colorado and all these different places and really learned something, right? Because if I were a desk jockey that whole time, I mean, you should see the gray hair at some of my reunions. It's, it's crazy the way that people, your lifestyle adds up. And I think, you know, when you're 
young like like us, like you guys, uh, you don't see it quite as much, but you can see that stuff add up, the, the stress and the kind of pent-up rage that comes with never giving yourself that opportunity to be crazy and go on that adventure. But I can tell you that quitting my job was one of the best days of my life, and I have have really focused on cultivating something unique and real that comes from within ever since, you know, and that's, that's how you become an author or, or write a book or a podcaster or someone who's, you know, online instead of working for a job is you have to do that. Like you guys are doing, you're starting your own company and that is a huge risk. And a lot of times you'll fail, but, uh, it's, it's the best thing you'll ever do. Yeah, it's funny. I actually just did that. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what what age were you when you quit? Uh, let's see. 22, 23. Oh, yeah. you're an early bird. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's it's awesome. I mean, I I've felt a lot better. I feel like you I was watching the same track too. And it yeah. wasn't even that it's not even that everybody seems all that unhealthy all the time, but just doing something that isn't your deepest passion for mm-hmm. that many hours a day, every day, for years on end, just didn't seem like the best way to spend my time. No, absolutely not. And so, it's, uh, what it's uh, like, what risk would you recommend take taking then? Hmm. Short of just quitting your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that will not apply to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it raises. It raises a point, I think, which is, you know, I did take another job, but I was working from wherever I wanted to. I was telecommuting, just doing kind of like part-time consulting uh, for years. And that's, uh, that was one way that I paid my bills while I was also playing music and while I was also blogging and doing this other stuff. So I think the biggest risk that a lot of people can take and, and should take right now is also have that little side project, you know? Um, even if you do have a job and you're, you're short on time or whatever, build something, build something little and see what it turns into. You know, my, my little blog that I didn't really know how to run at the beginning, honest Abe's tips with that, my aunt read else <laughs> for years, you know, turned into me going shirtless, turning into, you know, this alter ego fat burning man, which became, you know, number one on, on, uh, health on iTunes and six number one apps. And then, you know, a huge book deal and all this other crazy stuff going on documentaries. There's no way I would be doing any of this without that stupid little blog at the beginning. And, uh, there's also no other way that I'd be doing this if I hadn't been that chubby little kid playing clarinet in the diner, right? So, like, do those little weird things that you've always wanted to do at the same time that you're doing everything else. Don't do it tomorrow, right? Like, actually do it right now. Yeah. And for everyone, it might it's going to be totally different. Some people love crocheting, right? Like, go crochet. Yeah. Other people love golf clubs and stuff. Like, whatever your thing is, do something small and try to build something because this is – Especially in the days of the internet, this is the best time to ever start anything. For sure. So you've you've created a brand. It's well recognized. Um, it started from scratch, and it's just continuing to grow on this amazing trajectory. Let's just talk business for a second. From a business perspective, if you could name three fundamentals that you've done um, in regards to creating your brand, 
what would those be? And, and what would you tell somebody that, like you said, is going to either start the best crocheting company or be the best golfsmith? What would be the three things that you would tell anyone that's starting a business to create a brand? Uh, number one, it's okay if it's stupid. <laughs> my, my brand is really dumb. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's fun though, yeah. right? It's, uh, I think number one, it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see a lot of this is, uh, you know, we came up with a bunch of stupid band names and this is kind of like that. You know, when you're, you're, when you're coming up with a brand, um, bulletproof, for example, I know Dave and he is not bulletproof at all. It's hilarious. <laughs> like his, his brand is not perfect and yeah. nobody's is. It always looks perfect yeah. on the outside. Just right? the MCT oil talking. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, it's like you look at any of these brands and they're not perfect. So number one, find something that you can stand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't have to be that, that home run. It never will be. Um, number two, I would say try out a few different things. What, at the same time that I was starting out Fat-Burning Man, I was also – this was before um, Google Circles and the, the kind of – idea that you could have separate sets of acquaintances online. And so I also started up a, a social network for entrepreneurs and those things were kind of running in parallel and I was learning how to do the back end coding at the same time. So start up a few brands, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to do that and see which ones really stick, which ones people respond to. I had no idea that people would respond to fat burning man. It was just like, okay, I'll try this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, but they didn't and, and it works and it also, it's very cool and intentional. Like, I, I don't want to say that I didn't put any thought into it. I certainly did, you know. So I'll, I'll, I guess I'll move on to number three, which is basically have multiple meanings within that name. So Fat Burning Man is interesting to me because, uh, you know, basically I, w- I went from burning sugar and being fat and sick like most people to focusing on burning fat, which is the more like ketogenic type approach. It's also mobilizing body fat. It's also a rich SEO term for the internet, which is really powerful. That's kind of another meaning. People want to burn fat, like fat burning, whatever. It's something that I can stand behind because I know that keeping your insulin and blood sugar low is is a great path to success for health for most people. So there's also, you know, the burning man reference, which is kind of counterculture, uh, you know, being a rebel, which is definitely part of the brand. So impregnate your brand with multiple meanings that may only be powerful to you that that are kind of ways that you operate. Um, and that will grow over time, right? Like a lot of times you'll, you'll realize different things in your brand that might fit a little bit better than others or might not fit. Like to use Dave as, as another example, just cause, uh, I hang out with him quite a bit and talk with him quite a bit. It's, the bulletproof thing is a cooler idea than the bulletproof exec, which isn't quite, he's not using it quite as much anymore, yeah. right? So you have to evolve with your brand and you have to see where it's going and let it be a conversation with the people who are on the other end. That's great. So you spoke about um, music and how you were in a band. Um, so right now, what are some of the hobbies that you do? outside of of this i mean i know when you're starting a company like jason and i our time is just so embedded in everything we think about it every time we get a break what can we be doing to expand but like what do you do to release what are what are some of your hobbies what are some of the fun things that you do that just have nothing to do with 
fitness, exercise, diet, nutrition, learning about the body? Uh, well, I have a CD coming out. <laughs> which oh, nice. Is, which is fun. Yeah, I. it's crazy. A bunch of the guys in the Tim McGraw band listen to my show and are totally into health and stuff. And so I got to meet them and hang out with them and jam. And then we recorded in Nashville. And so um, came out with a project called Swamp Thing, <laughs> which is going to be a bunch of fun. It's kind of like old school funk rock cool. type stuff. And When's I'm, that launch? Uh, in the next few months. It should be out by October. Oh, great. Uh, and that'll be at ablejames.com, or at least you, you'll be able to find it there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm playing saxophone clarinet guitar and doing all the lead vocals and and wrote most of most of the songs so that's a big part of of what i do but uh let's see what else i I do a bunch of reading i love going out on the mountain bike with a dog or just walks out in the woods and uh there's there's a lot of time for just kind of rest and relaxation yeah where i'm trying to be mindful and not really doing that much at all and that's for a type A personality, <laughs> that's a powerful, powerful thing to, to try to work into your habits. Uh, speaking of a, a model of fitness, Tim McGraw is an animal. He's, He's a beast. He is a beast. Have you got? You get to? Uh, do you get to help him out when you're playing with his bandmates? Does he ask you for any uh, fat burning tips? <laughs> no, he doesn't ask me at this point. He's uh, he's much more of a fat burning man than I am. And I've only met. <laughs> It's funny, his band is kind of a different animal than, than he is even. I mean, he's, you know, sometimes he'll be working out four hours a day or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't uh, have much fat to burn. into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It's so cool because they, uh, he's, he's the leader of the band, right? And so yeah. when he decided to go sober and change the way that, that he lived his life and, and, improve his lifestyle, make it more healthy. A lot of the bandmates joined in, into this whole thing. And so they tore around with all of these crazy CrossFit type exercise tools where they just do crazy workouts in the parking lot before the show. And I, I think it's such a great example for people because for a while there, you know, in the, in the eighties and the nineties, that dad bod almost became cool or they're certainly like accepted. Right. And now you're having people who are, in the Hollywood or, or A-list type categories, really getting into the more the more human aspect of all of this, the more exactly. functional strength, the more not just um, not just looking good, but actually looking good because you're feeling good, right? Mm-hmm. And they, and at least somebody like Tim provides a perfect example of how you can make time for fitness. If he's yeah. touring and still finding hours in a day to work out, it's priority. And it makes you better at what you do. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's one of the things I wanted to communicate in my book. Like they, they put on a really dynamic, awesome show because they're not just sitting there. You know? Yeah. They're jumping all around. They're all in really great shape. And that is so much more fun to watch than someone who's just kind of like plucking a guitar. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so one thing that we're trying to do with the show is just get people on it that set an example that might not be in the fitness industry. So yeah. if there's any way you could you could throw Tim a bone and get it, get him on here, <laughs> we, would, we would love to, to pick his brain for a little bit because, I mean, one thing that we're trying to do is, is just understand how other people are doing it. How are they embedding fitness into their lives? What are their routines? Because the people that are going to listen to this show – 95% of them aren't going to be in the fitness industry. The people that Jason and I train 
personal train are in the fitness industry. So to hear it from people outside is just a great way to say, okay, like they do it too. So I can do it as well. Absolutely. Um, So that'd be awesome. Um, So kind of as you've, you've aged, as you've grown from the six year old playing clarinet to, I guess now playing clarinet on a record, how (laughs) has your, your philosophy just on life changed as you've aged? You mentioned Tim McGraw going sober um, I used to be a, a big, big partier in college and, and it was, it was, it was my life. I was a bartender. I was a frat guy. I was a partier. I still loved fitness, still loved exercise, but I've kind of made that switch as well to, to understanding how important that can be in my productivity and my daily life. What are some examples of, of the way your philosophy has changed? Uh, you never get there. I think that's, that's one thing that's really powerful to accept is that no matter how high you rise in whatever you do, how many things you accomplish, you never feel like you're satisfied, right? I remember the first time I met uh, Mark Sisson, we had a great conversation about how, uh, you know, I, I had this whole idea about him, you know, based upon everything that I read in his books and, and stuff like that. And, um, and I met him and we talked we talked business and I could tell you know, this fire in his eyes. He was absolutely not satisfied at where he was and had all these big ambitions and wanted to add a bunch to the mix. Things and were moving that's too slow. At what, 55, 60? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still Mark, killing it. Mark is an animal. Yeah. I mean, he's crushing it in, yeah. in every way that you could be crushing it, right? <laughs> He'd probably appreciate that description of an animal, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, so for me, at, at the time, I just started my podcast. Just just started a lot of this stuff. Probably had like two hundred visitors to my blog or whatever. Yeah. And he had hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And we, you know, it felt like we were in the same position almost, right? Like he was he was just as unsatisfied as I was. And I thought that was so so cool, so depressing, <laughs> so interesting <laughs> at the same time. And yeah, I mean, you guys will find this too. If you, uh, I, I just read something about the guy who sold Minecraft for like two point five billion dollars, yep. right? Uh, and he and he's worth one point three or something, and he's complaining on Twitter about how bummed out he is with life exactly. and how empty his life is. And basically, you know, it's every uh, millennial's wet dream to to go through his experience of you know building this this company and selling it. But now, you know, everyone who was his employee or who he worked with hates him and he has nothing to do and all of his friends are working and whatever. <laughs> so all of these dreams uh, are, are hollow if you expect that they will solve all of your problems or make you happy in the same way that getting that perfect body is, is deeply unsatisfying to most people. You need to become a better person, a, a whole person. And you need to, um, I, I think, have that, that deep why are you doing this? An answer to that why, you know, like what gets you out of bed every day that that stupid cliche will always apply to you. <laughs> so keep that in mind and always have that, that deep appreciation for the process and the mission behind what you do. And for me, it's always about getting the truth out there instead of propaganda and helping people become better in their own lives, whatever that means. And a lot of times that that to me means sacrificing bad business deals because people will come to you and get you to try to you know cross that line over and over and over again, and you just have to stay true to to who you are and what your mission is, and then you'll always feel good about what you're doing. 
Well, not always, but <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll, right. you'll sleep yeah. at night. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's great. So going all the way back, tell us about uh, some of your childhood and growing up. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, and uh, my mom, I, I was a pretty sick kid, and uh, traditional medicine didn't didn't treat me that well. So I'm allergic to almost every antibiotic there is, and that that kind of put my mom down the path of holistic medicine and getting into herbs, and she became an, an herbalist and a nurse practitioner, and so I was healed in a lot of cases with the, the herbs and the plants from our backyard that grew wild. And wow. at, at the time, you know, it was just something that we all laughed about, you know, being being treated with these smelly bombs and tonics. Yeah. And bringing it back to it's Chinese like, okay, herbalism. Well, what's that? I said bringing it back to Chinese herbalism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, now I think, you know, obviously some time has, has passed. I'm 31 now, and I th- the world, it seems like, is getting farther away from that in a lot of ways. We're starting to lose these these really important traditions yep. and ways of natural healing. So uh, for me, that's that's another part of what I try to do is is bring light to a lot of the, the simple ways that you can heal people, which might just be a cup of tea, right? Like that, that has some herbs in it. Exactly. Uh, instead of basically sentencing yourself to pills. popping pills yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah, one one quote I love from from David Wolf is ancient old brand new. And I think yeah. that's exactly what you just stated. It's it's this stuff existed. People have lived to be a hundred years old off of everything you just talked about in your childhood. Mm-hmm. And they didn't need any of these additives. They didn't need any of these pills. And and what's so amazing today, bringing it back to the internet, is there was there was societies there was cultures that lived off the goji berry that lived off a special herb. We can yeah. go on the internet. We can buy every single one of those and put them in our tea. We can combine everything. So we have the power. Everything is in front of us to combine all of these things, like you mentioned that you grew up on, and we just need to do it. Yeah, that's that's the most important part, and that's the part that most people skip. Exactly. They'll buy the goji berries, but they won't eat them. Exactly. They'll just so, sit there. So speaking of just all these awesome people you've met, you've got Tim McGraw, Asprey, Mark. Who's one person you have not met yet that you would love to meet and why? I think meeting Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, epic. (laughs) Epic. (laughs) And here's why. Because as someone who's in independent media, right, like uh, we're – what we're doing with podcasting and blogs or whatever, this is kind of the next generation of saying no to the machine. And uh, a lot of people don't really know this about about Seinfeld's backstory, but, I mean, he could have easily became a billionaire to the umpteenth degree doing Seinfeld spinoffs and all this stupid crap or whatever. Um, but with each step that he's done, he's he's kind of like partnered with the machine, but in – in a cool way that you can almost forgive him for, right? Like putting out his new show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Gosh, that's just uh, hilarious. He, I believe he gets his own sponsors or he sets that up himself, which is, you know, he's a car guy and he loves cars and his sponsors for cars. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you can't really fault him for that. Yeah, and it makes he's, sense. He's sidestepping the, uh, the Hollywood media machine which a lot of times thrives on things that are completely contrived and inauthentic. So 
Yeah, I, w- I would love to just uh, sit down with that guy and, and talk about how do you seriously, how do you, how do you do this and not be contrived and not be, you know, sacrificing authenticity for reaching more people because, you know, it's as many people as, as, you know, Mark Sisson or I or whoever in, in that corner of the internet have, uh, affected, there's still this, uh, the media machine is tough to get through to, right? The, like the normal, uh, Joe and Jane are tough to get to because they're not listening to podcasts necessarily. So I want to know how to scale this and really affect more people, uh, by reinventing a new way of doing this. And I think he might have some hints. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so speaking back of Mark, we described Mark as an animal, which he truly is. If you could pick one animal that would best describe yourself, or maybe people kind of have, have hinted towards, what would that be and, and why? What, what animal is, is the fat-burning man, is Abel? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> good question. A lot of people say lion. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, lion represents fire in a lot of cases. And there's a lot of fire alchemical symbolism in the stuff that I do. So if you want to get super hippie to me about it, it. uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of feline energy. Wow. That is a, that's a great answer. (laughs) The great answer. Um, all right. You talked about living in Colorado, moving around a little bit. What's your favorite travel destination? And maybe the significance of that. Favorite travel destination. I, I really loved going to Bali uh, in Indonesia. That was a place that uh, was pretty much the the most unique uh, location I've, I've ever been to. These beautiful beaches, uh, incredible people. But even more than that, the it, it felt like you were going back in time thousands of years in the way that people live their daily lives, the simplicity of it and the way that they, uh, in my book, I talk about how they're satisfied by so much less in terms of what they're eating. You know, if, if you're, uh, a a family in Bali, I was talking to to some of them, them, how do you eat at home? And how is that different from Americans or whatever? And and one guy who had visited America, he said, you know, if, if we're at home, we'll have vegetables and a little bit of rice and a little bit of chicken and you know a quarter chicken might feed a bunch of us or, or several of us if you go to america you get a bucket of chicken <laughs> <laughs> and it's right you, and you it's got a whole chicken <laughs> yeah so uh that you know that's deeply philosophical how do you uh what is the reason that that they're happy with a lot of this you know <laughs> what's your favorite question to ask someone uh, favorite question to ask someone. I think you know when I when I first meet someone, I really like asking them how they're doing and having them respond to it. You know, because a lot of people are just like, "Oh, I'm fine." No, but how are you really doing? So if it's yeah. my, if it's like a good friend of mine or something like that, I'll be like, "No, man, I can tell. How are you really doing?" And and I think that one, you know, getting to the deep core of of someone and, and how they're feeling and how they're doing that day is, is a fun thing to do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. How would you change the education of health? If you could just take one quick, small step to change how we educate on either health, fitness and or nutrition. Yeah. Focus 
focus on feeding people real food, getting vegetables into schools would be number one, right? Instead of soda and other junk, like getting real food farm to table into schools would be a huge thing that I would do or just into homes, right? Like getting, getting stuff that grows locally and grows really well into the place that's close to it instead of shipping it across the world would be an awesome next step. Awesome. So you've, you've mentioned a bunch of really cool people. Who's one person that you think would be the best fit for us to have on our show that's within your network? Um, there are, oh God, there are so many of them. <laughs> Give us a few then. <laughs> but I think Nicholas Cole would be a pretty cool one to start with. <laughs> you know, he has a really unique perspective on all of this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually I went to high school with Cole. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured, man. Yeah, um, and a, I appreciate that he hooked us up. Yeah, yeah he's a very great. close friend of mine. Um, so yeah. just to tie things up, where where can we find out about Able, um, your company, and any upcoming projects you have going on? Best place to find me is fatburningman.com. and uh, on my email list, you can find all sorts of really fun stuff and free eBooks. Um, I'm also on social media, Fat Burning Man, Abel James. Pretty easy to find these days. Awesome. Great. We would just love to thank you so much uh, for for being on the show, sharing your insight on health, fitness, and also growing a brand um, and how other people out there are incorporating this stuff into their lives and and how you're just making a change to to help people live better. It's been been a truly educational experience for Jason and I, and we know our listeners are going to love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was my pleasure. You guys are doing great. Thanks very much, Abel. Cool. Thanks, guys.